You're listening to Geek Watch One with Kylan and Ken on the Tangent Bound Network. Do not adjust your settings. Take your hands off the keys. Your search is over. These are the geeks you're looking for. You found Geek Watch One with Kylan and Ken. I love you. Me too, man. Hit me, hit me, my turn. Am I the meanest? Show down. Am I the prettiest? Show down. Am I the baddest mofo go down around this time? Show down. Well, who am I? Show down. The Shogun For what lies ahead, ready are you? Police officers. We're not trained to handle this kind of violence. Hey, Geeksters. I'm Kylan. And I'm Ken. And you found Geek Watch 1. And you found issue 100 of Geek Watch 1. Woo! Welcome. We've made it. We've talked about it. we got all this stuff going on. It happens to be that... Um, and have we told them what we're doing for issue 100? What we got? We told them we had a cool interview. No, we can just keep saying it's a secret. <laughs> yeah, well... <yeah. laughs> it's no longer a secret. You're here. That's right. <laughs> we made it to issue 100. Uh, we actually have an interview with Aloysius Fox. That's right. right? Who is the um, creator and uh, the guy who runs the Steampunk Symposium in Cincinnati. That's right. That's right. You guys will be going to in a couple of weeks. We are. We're we going to give all the details... After we get back and everything oh, yeah. we did, so and it sounds like a great time. And you guys will hear on the interview later on in the show that how much fun this sounds. I mean, if nothing else, I would want to go down just to see the airship races. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. they were the. We've been to this uh, a couple times the first couple years, and the airship races were so much fun. It's basically the um, like the RC balloons that you see. Uh, and some of them look like airships. Other ones, people use those flying fish. Uh, it just kind of depends what you want to do. Uh, some people create their own versions um, to actually fly, but it's it's just really cool. They get like the wide open space inside the hotel, and they just let them go, and you see what happens. Yeah. And I think I, I think Kylan, he's sworn off he'll never do it, but I think you should do the um, tea biscuit co- competition. Tea dueling. Yeah, tea dueling. I'm Come not, on, not we tea gotta dueling, have, no. And we'll have Dawn Facebook Live it. <laughs> Come on, no, you know what? We'll put it on Geek, Geek Watch One um, Facebook That's Live right. channel. If it I, happens, it will be there, people. I, I, I have not tea dueled since. His, That's okay. The and first most, one. Yeah. Most of the people here at, that go to this don't do it unless they're here. Exactly. Uh, it's uh, you know thing his, is, his confidence in in the dueling is just is shot. He, he, he lost series. to an older woman and he just he crumpled. He just, no, like no, the, it wasn't like the, the cookie. That, he could not hold intact. He crumpled. Look, it, it wasn't that I lost to a woman. It's the fact that tea dueling is very no, serious. No, no, it, it it was because she was an old she was an older woman who was vicious in her uh, tea dueling vicious. skills. She was vicious. Uh, she was, and I, you know. I, my her her t- her tactics were better than than mine, uh, my, than my strategy, and I'm okay with that. So I just there's a lot of luck involved. Put it that yes. way. <laughs> well, what like, really we, is? We were talking a couple weeks ago about the pinball was the same way. Yeah, like, there is a lot of skill in pinball, but there's a lot more a luck element in of pinball. Luck. That's <laughs> right. Pinball. That's right. So, um, but this is issue 100. Yes. Normally, I, I, we ask at the beginning of the show, "Hey, what have you guys been doing this week?" But I want to start this week a little different Uh-oh. because. Being issue 100, 
that's a lot of issues. We've done a lot of things. We've gone a lot of places. We've had a lot of interviews. What's something you guys remember from the last hundred issues? <laughs> what, so, what's the what's the, be, the most fun thing you think you've done that we've remember done? Remember something from the or last that, episode? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or something that we've done that you thought there's no way we've done this, something like this. When, uh, when we when we hooked up with AM Audio Media and got an exclusive release of one of their um, uh, Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. episodes oh, yeah. in like in our first year like within the first few months of us doing this we suddenly like hooked up with them and 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 got in contact and were able to release an exclusive like that i mean that was just kind of like whoa we can do this yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh when we got well when we got a got a press pass for um, was it Gen Con? Yes. The very, and, the first press passes we got. The yeah. first, and, and then we were and, suddenly press. And all the major, <laughs> the, the major interviews that we got, uh, like people actually made time for us. And like, I mean, one of the creators of, um, Pathfinder, like, and it, it was an adventure trying to get in touch with him oh, because yeah. my, because mm-hmm. the original interview, well, basically because of some stuff that had happened. I missed the first interview, and then we, he made time for me, and that was, I'm like, I'm just some little podcast, but yeah. he made time for me, it's, and I, I think, think it was just... A lot cool. of it's the connections in general. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you you realize how much people are willing to help each other out when you're suddenly part of it all, and you're, you're the podcaster, and you want to do the interviews, and you want to get involved in, you know, some of the industry stuff, and they're like, sure, come on in, we'll, you know, we'll let you know whatever you want to know, and... yeah. What what do you got, Vicky? What what's some of the fun stuff you remember from Geek Watch One over the last hundred episodes? Probably where um I got sent here you go go do interviews on your own. <laughs> <laughs> back to go, Gen Con go. <laughs> back to Gen Con and Origins when we did last year. Yeah, where we were like multitasking and you got stuck babysitting the booth and yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did, I gave her a thirty second um training on the recorder because I had that brand new recorder yep. that we have now, but we had the brand new recorder, brand new microphones, said to here hit this and this and go. And she has never she had never done inter- any interviews at all, had you? Because up to that point Kylan and I had Not done like all the that. interviews. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean other than Skype interviews with all of us. Right. But it was still it was a matter and she found it she found her voice, had no problem and it sounded great mm-hmm. to, um just like she'd been doing it forever. Um, for me, I think it's just all the friends we've made. Yeah. With um, Geek Dig, with Clint. We'd never met him before that. We would never have met him off of this. And, uh, no. Um, Mark and Jim at Tangibound. Mike, um, Eric, Brett, all yeah. the guys over at Weeby Geeks and Mighty Marvel Geeks and Wookiee right. Radio. And it's amazing how big a family we've basically become part of. Right. More, more um, people being inspired by us to start their own podcast. Yeah. How many people do we know that, um, friends of ours, that if you started shows or are getting ready to start shows... Because of just talking to us and saying, hey, this looks like fun. The fact that we actually have listeners, like, still amazes me. <laughs> yeah. Like, just, right. Because yes. like, we, it's, from the beginning we've said, you know, this is the sort of stuff we have dinner conversations over when we're together and that kind of thing. And just random geek stuff we talk about. It's like, okay, let's record this. I'm like, but people are actually listening. Right. Like, <laughs> well, we had, we had hoped that, um, it's like, I, when I talked to Kyle in the beginning of this, we said, it's like, we knew... This is inter- This would be interesting for other people, right? Mm-hmm. But it's the fact that people actually said yes, it is interesting, and they're actually listening. Yeah, right. So um, I want to thank all of you, the geeksters out there, for listening because we would be doing this if you weren't listening. But having you listen is a bonus for us. We yeah, love this. It, it makes it yeah. a bit more fun, anyway. That's right. And I mean, it, the fact that starting this inspired us to get our own website and start blogs, and we have people who want to write, and we have mm-hmm. people who 
Like I, I look at the stats on our blog pages and we're like, people actually read that. Like, yeah. it's like people visit the site and people have bought our t-shirts and people like, wow. That's true. It's, you know, that's, it's, we have a brand. We do. And I, you know, I, we've gotten to experience things like I, I've gotten to, I, I've been able to experience a side of conventions that I'd never thought yeah. I would get to experience otherwise. Mm-hmm. And, and it's actually opened doors for us that now, you know, we're the official podcast of Con on the Cob and Odd Mall. And, yeah, we're an official and, podcast of anything. And, 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 wow. And, 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 and then it opened doors for us to be working in cosplay and entertainment and yeah. panels. And, and to it, show up on other podcasts show, that yeah. we didn't know about before. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and you know, and actually, I've you know, to, I had uh, an acquaintance get told about our podcast through a friend, and I didn't even know the friend, but they said, <laughs> "I heard this podcast is really cool. I think you like it." And then they played it for him. They're like, "Oh my god, I know that voice." <laughs> and yeah, and it was just, well, you know, it, I, I think that's awesome to, that we touch lives that we don't realize that yeah. we're touching. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I had. On that line, I've not told you guys this yet because I just found out last week. I have a friend who's actually an Akron police officer, and he listens to podcasts at work. Mm-hmm. And um, he got a new podcatcher, and he knew I knew, knows the show, and he know he doesn't listen to it much. He's not as much of a geek, mm-hmm. but he knows what we do. And he when he get, opened up this brand new podcatcher on his phone, one of the first suggested apps that popped up was Geek Watch One. Nice. He, what? Thought, he thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and nice. it wasn't that he put in geek or was looking for something right. specific. It just that popped up as a, yeah. as a suggestion. Suggested cool. for local stuff. Good yeah. to know. Good to know. So and I, I thought and, I thought maybe he was using the satchel player. Because if you use the satchel player, which we've talked about on here yeah. before, they actually have a section on there that says local and it'll take wherever right. you're at. And any podcast that are registered for your area, it'll show you. But right. no, this was just a random podcast oh, popped okay. up. Well, you know, I, I think the other cool thing is because we cover all this geek stuff, and it's every realm of geek, even the stuff that we may not have initially been hugely interested in. It's taken at at least I know for me, it's taken me deeper into my geek. Yeah, yeah. you know, like the, I would be reading the blogs anyway. I would be finding out the news about the stuff I'm into. But I'm looking a little further, like I'm looking for the stuff that not everyone searches for in the news. They may know the big story, but they don't know some of the details or or finding out little extra bits because we get press releases or because yeah. we get preview copies of comics or something. Like we're we're finding out all the little extras that we're able to share with people, but it also brings it much deeper and more interesting for our own geekdom. Yeah. It, it does and it um it is one of those things that like when I you know I'm talking to people and they're like, "Well, how do you know this? Because I have friends at work, and they're like, so what's new? What's going on? And I just start rattling off stuff. And they're like, well, how you know? And then uh, how you know all this stuff? And I, and I will start to say, well, I mean, they know about the show. and it, But it's true. It's like you just – I've, I've learned to know where to look, and it's deep in my knowledge and my understanding and how to, I guess, draw the lines between – a and B. Yeah. You know, and... And amongst your friends who are non-geek or co-workers or something, they know you're now the expert. Like, they come to you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, hey, I heard this Marvel movie was coming out. What do you know about it? Oh, well, sit back, relax, let me tell you. So, <laughs> you know, it's all that kind of thing. That's what I get at work all the time. I'm the resident geek. As soon as a trailer drops, I email it to my department, knowing who wants to see it. You yeah. Know, it's, that's what seems to have happened now, which is cool. It's, yeah, so it, it's been a great ride. What you got? 
almost forgot one of my company owners, um, we were waiting to get coffee, and he knew we did, um, because last year I've taken off for Gen Con and Origins, he knew about me going to the conventions, and he was, like, asking me all these questions about him, because he had no idea mm -hmm. his nephew would go, and he no, had no idea. Went to Wizard World, he had no idea about anything. Right, right. So we sitting there asking me all these questions, because he's like, you do this, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, like she said, we're the, you become the fountain of knowledge for the area. Mm -hmm. You do. Mm -hmm. um, the other one, um, thanks to all you geeksters and all of our um, podcast friends, I want to thank you guys. I mean, it, this we wouldn't be still doing this if you and Kylan and Vicky and all of us didn't mm -hmm. want to still do this. Yeah. So I thank you guys for hanging out with us for this whole time. Oh, <laughs> I mean, this is, part of this was, I, we really didn't know you guys that well when we started. No. That's true. That's uh, true. How many people have I said that were floored when they've listened to the show and didn't and realized that I met Kylan and Dawn about six months before we started this. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Because even other actually other podcasters are the ones that afford the most. <laughs> like Mark, I was telling a concoction talking about how we had just met and they're like because he and Jim had known each other since they were kids. Right. right. So he, it's like the fact that we had just met you guys and we had the chemistry that the, in the way this show works they're floored. Well, and, no, no, go ahead. And, well, actually I was, I was going to say the biggest thanks kind of has to go to Andy. Yes. True. Yeah. Because Andy brought us together to begin with because of because of Odd Mall and Con on the Cob and us working with him as volunteers and that kind of thing. And then starting the panels, and that's kind of all because of Andy. Well, yeah, yeah I think Andy saw, because in the typical Andy Hop fashion, he's able to, he saw the seed that was Geek Watch 1. And then he's like, oh, well, you know, if you guys need a place to record, Here's a space, and and then and then from there, I mean, we we saw that maybe eventually in our future, we would hook up with a convention, maybe, and then maybe we would do this, maybe we'll do that. But we ended up doing a lot of the things that we saw in our future within the year. Yeah. Within within twelve months, we had done so much, and then that caused us to kind of expand our net, and and then we got swag. <laughs> no, we we got we got T-shirts and we got stickers and buttons and buttons and and then you know I I don't know it's one of those things like I, when I sit there and I think about the whole of what we've achieved in a hundred episodes and almost two two years and a couple of months mm -hmm. it's it's jaw dropping yeah you know because so many shows don't make a hundred so many shows don't even make fifty. But yeah. I think it's because we work together so well. We all have our different bits that we contribute that that we want to make the whole work, mm -hmm. and that we want to you know keep building it that way. And like Ken, you guys don't know this, but Ken has his recording equipment that happens most of the time. We have a we have the spare microphone, but Ken's <laughs> got most of the stuff. He does the editing and then sends it my way. I do the posting. I got the show notes going on. And I, I make sure we stay in swag. Right. <laughs> I try to order stuff. But, but we found and, out when we first started here, it's like, you live on the computer anyway. Yes. Right. Your job is on the computer. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm in marketing. I know what I'm doing most yeah. of the time. <laughs> so, right. and then we just like to talk or write or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's, uh, and then I, I, I'm, I think I'm, I like to think I'm the crazy idea guy because I was like, <laughs> hey, you know that guy that, uh, took the, who took the oath with the shield? Let's call him. Let's call him. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, he doesn't know us, but we're gonna call California for this one. <laughs> you know, it's and the, the the beauty is the beauty the be beauty. What the beautiful thing is, <laughs> the is beauty thing is the beauty <laughs> thing is that 
we're we 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 are still growing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we're this is we're still discovering what we can do with this, right? Yeah. Like we just like every every single time we think, well, no, that'll never happen. But you know, let's give it a shot, and then it actually happens, and it's like, holy crap, we I can mean, do that. I mean, we 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 forayed into video a little bit for yes. a little bit. Yeah, right, we yeah. did for a little bit. We did. Well, with the with the stuff coming up possibly through Oddmole and Connell the Cobbin things, we may be able to do a little bit more with that. We'll figure yeah. that out. We'll yeah. that, that's yeah. that stuff for you guys already. And the thing bit. is, there's more coming because of Andy. Yeah. Like he's <laughs> we're kind of growing as Andy grows his pro his his brand yes. as well. So we're kind of helping each other along in that well, way. The cool thing is, um, Vernon and I for superpowers, the last couple weeks have started um, we used the actual his basement, which has now now been come the basement of the Hall of Justice. Right. And we've been Facebook living every week. When we record the show, it's like that's something. Now that I know how to do that, we may be able to do something like that with us in the future. True. And see if it just see if it works. You know what I mean? If it doesn't work, it, hey, there's nothing out. We're right. not out anything. Right. Right. See our smiling, beautiful faces on camera. <laughs> the, now yeah, we have to pay attention to, see, to what we're wearing. You Jeez. gotta see Dawn's face when I just said. That. <laughs> <laughs> She does not like to be in front of the everybody. smile disappears no. quickly when that comes. No, no. I'm like a camera. No, I, they say I'm. I'm cam- I honestly am camera shy. Well, for some reason, I, I have no problem being on stage. He's a completely extroverted guy who's camera shy. Yeah, but yeah, can, you bring out the camera, and I'm like, Mm-mm. well, everybody, so, everybody can see the silent fifth member of the podcast now. Cassie that's, was true. That's, true. that's true. <laughs> we try to keep her as silent as we can. Uh, she's asleep. We just wait till yeah, she falls out. asleep, then we record. She's been playing all day when we've been upstairs playing Gablonia. That's right. So, um, but thank you guys. We need to get the show moving. We do. Um, but hey, we made a hundred exactly. and now, now we're good for syndication. That was traditionally the amount of episodes that you had to hit to make syndication was a hundred episodes. Actually, it still is. Cause, uh, uh, well, they go, theory, when they hit 100, that's when they, they actually go through everybody. to about 80 to 90 now. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you know, well, we're there. We're at hundred. When you hit 80 to 90, you're about midway through that season. They know you're going to get that 100. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, um. <laughs> But there's a couple things I want to talk about before we get to the interview. Yeah. Because um, one is... It's a big weekend. The awesome... Well, one is just... It's a real quick, awesome... um, We actually played a new game this afternoon. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody knows Rob Turk. He's Gandersnitch's manager. He actually has a new game based in Gandersnitch's world. That's right. Called Gablonia. And I played... uh, um, What is it? A... Donavoid or something like that is the character. It's right. a type now of you have goblin. to learn all the new it's character a, names. It's a goblin type of um, race that is like a house elf similar. He <laughs> actually, they live in the house, they help uh, help out the master of the house and stuff like that. The special ability was I could actually shapeshift. Or I have luck was my actual um, special ability. Right. At any point I could, during a scene, during one scene, I could change the role of one die. Oh, okay. Um, but I could also shapeshift into a, a dog, a cat, or the master of the house. Okay, but the master. But if you change to the master of the house, he always still has a gray beard. <laughs> no matter what, you can't get rid of the beard. Okay, <laughs> it was fun. But I, I was a tinkerer, so I, and it takes place in modern human times, even though Gablonia is in a like a parallel magical dimension type deal. Right. But um, so I was a tinkerer, so I could build clockworks and stuff like that. But I was also a performer and a bartender. Doesn't drink. You were a bit of everything. But the apparently. funny thing was, um, well, then you guys were trying to kill the fae. You're upset with the fae. Yes, because the well, the high races. We're part of the low races, which is your goblins and kobolds and all mm-hmm. those guys. The high races, being the elves and fairies and such, right. had basically subjugated the low races. So we're part of the resistance. And why are you? Why are you? What was your reason for fighting? Oh yeah. Well, my um, the, you have a um, what was it? A, not a trait. It's a um, 
Basically a little quirk. That's what it was. It was a, a quirk, quirk of your character. Okay. My quirk, being well, that we were immortal. Well, hang on. Was it the reason why you were fighting? Uh, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm getting to that. But my quirk was I will not drink. Period. Anything. But I'm a bartender. <laughs> so I'll give drinks to everybody else, but you got a tank I would not. Well, that pretty much food. sounds like you anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I had a magical tankard as one of my things that um, if you drank from my magical tankard, it worked similar to a truth serum. So using my bartender skills, I could actually get information from people if they drank from that tankard. <laughs> nice. Yes. Nice. But the reason, um, my motivation for everything was for exploration and vengeance. My backstory was when I was a very young. Um, creature, I had a little friend who was a wee little guy, a wee little goblin, and the two of us were exploring this um, fairy's house, who happened to come home at the wrong time, and I, when he found us, he actually drowned my friend in a glass of water. Damn! So I, that got me ticked off, and I'm looking, at, I still love exploring, Rob but got I'm going after this game. The, that's right, I'm going after all the fairies for I killing my little friend, that. but that's why I won't drink either. Oh yeah, this game has got even stuff. accidental pregnancy. Okay, I have I have to ask um, because knowing how Andy runs games, yes. and does the voice does do, does Rob do voices when he does the game? We didn't or have not any quite yet. Tra- transfer that, yeah. He's okay. still playtesting it. This okay. isn't, right. isn't even on Kickstarter. Right, yet. right. Gitterson showed up a couple times. Yeah, yeah. Well, the book is told. You read the rule book, but there's little asides in there. Like a lot of times, you'll see in rule books for role playing games. Yeah, um, a little aside that explains gives you a little bit of flavor text or explains the rules a little bit, and it's Ganderstitch telling you these things. Ah, uh, okay. So he when he was going through the, the rules, every once in a while, Ganderstitch would tell us something. Interestingly, as an aside for this, um, last night uh, we we did have a, a Passover dinner. Andy yes. hosted a bunch of us. Um, Ganderstitch showed up for part of that. Uh, <laughs> we were we were all reading. I. I, I don't want to kind of butcher the name of this, but it was the Passover story that people yes. read, and mm-hmm. everyone has a part at the table, and it passes around. And and Gandersnitz showed up for some of his parts, which was an interesting way to hear the Passover story. It was, yes. <laughs> that would have been kind of that would have been cool. Yeah, yeah we were, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we were Israel hunting. Yeah, we had a, a adult oh, you were adult hunt. hunted. Yeah, that's right. So it was interesting. We actually. Um, I've not, Maze Farm that's out there has a restaurant. I didn't know. Oh, what? And they're also a brewery and a winery. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it was the two of us, Jesse went out there and Crystal and, um, Corey. Right. So, um, Crystal and Corey actually, they, each of the eggs had candy in them because mm-hmm. as they should, and they had 2000 eggs spread out across these fields. Wow. And they had 200 people. So you're supposed to get 10 eggs, which didn't mm-hmm. actually happen because there was people that pulls extra or they right. check the eggs before. Right. But if they had a slip of paper in it, you actually win something. Oh, okay. We have a buy one, get one free appetizer for the restaurant. Did they have any that had like little bottles of booze in them? No, but I know there some was, of the papers no, they did one had in Cleveland. A free glass of, well, they had a free glass of beer or wine oh, okay. from the bar or a bottle, or you can take home a bottle. Wow, okay, that's so, cool. And actually, the bottles were reasonable. The bottles, of, the wine Corey was saying was right around fifteen bucks. That's good. That's pretty good for a bottle that's of wine. Good. They got what five or six glasses or seven glasses out of them. Yeah, yeah. So because the one we shared was cram or blackberry blueberry cranberry wine. Wow. Cool. Yeah, really good. So that was a fun time too, but um, and then uh, so has has Rob said when his game is going? To I don't know. I'm gonna have or, to find okay. out. Um, especially once he's about ready to go to Kickstarter with it, we're gonna have to have him on the show. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because anytime having Rob on the show is gonna be fun anyway. Mm-hmm. So Anderson um, might just show up. You know, just know. maybe. You never know. <laughs> but uh, but the other the big news we have to talk about because this week has some huge news coming mm-hmm. out of. Orlando, Florida. That's right. And celebration is this weekend. Now it's not over. Right now we're actually recording on Saturday since Sunday is a holiday. Mm-hmm. See, in here I thought you were going to talk about the horse that took out the alligator. What? There was a horse that took out an alligator? Yeah, that was that was the big viral video for the right. week. It was a horse attacking an alligator. 
Interesting. Yeah. Got too close to to its pack. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'll have to go back and watch that. Well, let's go on to Star Wars Celebration. I was watching a a different viral video, which was actually... Well, not quite viral, but... but I'm sure at this point it has gone the equivalent of viral, if not better. Mm -hmm. Uh, They actually, on Friday morning, we did get the trailer for The Last Jedi, which I thought was an awesome trailer. And it it was great because it shows you a lot without showing you anything. Right. Which they've done very Mm -hmm. well with the new Star Wars movies. And if you haven't been reading some of the extra blog stuff about it, there are audio Easter eggs in that trailer. Okay. Um, At the very beginning, when she's talking about the dark, the light, and the balance, if you listen very carefully, you can hear whispering. That whispering is actual audio from uh, the um, original trilogy. The first one, uh, you actually have Leia in the background. The second one is Obi-Wan, and the third is Yoda. Cool. So there are some, some of the blogs have some videos where they've pulled the audio and and boosted it so you can actually hear the quotes. Uh, But yeah, that was one of the little Easter eggs they suck into that. The nice thing is, just like they have for the last couple celebrations, Verizon is live streaming the event. Yes. Which I've watched too much of that. I I will admit, even though I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, on Friday when they were, um, they had the Last Jedi panel, I did actually stream that at work when, you know, it wasn't wasn't busy. Uh, Our lunchtime is about that. Our lunchtime normally is 11.30. Yeah. So we actually streamed it it during lunch. It was from like 11 to just after 12, and I knew they were going to release the trailer, and I had to know exactly when it was coming. Yeah. So I I did watch that Well, what'd you think of it? You're not a Star Wars fan, so what'd you think of the um, panel? The panel was cool. I mean... The thing is, we all know that when it comes to the the new movie that has not yet been released, they can't tell you much. Yeah. Uh, so you knew there wasn't going to be a lot. It was just cool to see, you know, Ray and Finn and Luke on stage, and they brought BB-8 out, which is always funny. Um, that BB-8, the electro, the remote control one, is amazing. Yeah, that's an amazing mm-hmm. feat of technology yeah, in general. It's, it's mm-hmm. pretty awesome to have Even it out there. Even though they've had it for two and a half, three years now, that's still an amazing feat and of technology. As much as I'm not a huge fan of him, um, was it Josh? Is it Gaddis? Josh Gad, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's funny as a host, and I mean, well, he have had, seen, he have had... seen the videos he's been making that they were referencing in the panel? Yes. Okay. Yes, and and there was so much back and forth between him and BB-8, and and he's talking <laughs> about non-disclosure agreements and all this, and it was kind of yeah. cute. And they also brought out um, the actress who plays the new character Rose, so that was cool because she got her introduction to yes. the to the fandom that is Star Wars. Um, so it was kind of cool to to hear. And they talked a lot about Ireland because that's where they shot so mm-hmm. much of it. And, they showed a uh, lot of behind-the-scenes photos and stuff, too. Yes. Which and, is great because they showed a lot. Like I said, they showed a lot without showing you anything. Right. right. And the, um, was it the director that was on stage? Yeah. He Ryan actually, he has um, uh, one of those Russian cameras that it's all black and white. He he uses it on all the films, and he had a lot of behind-the-scenes shots he took, and, and they were showing them on the screen. And, like, they're mm-hmm. gorgeous shots he has of just, like, casual so like they they had one of uh, Oscar Isaacs just chilling with a cup of coffee or something. Yeah. And, well, um, some of those pictures are the one of my favorite pictures in Star Wars at all. It's not even a shot of Star Wars. It was um, I know you've seen the one of uh, back on Episode Four, way back in the seventies, the one of Kenny Baker chilling out inside of R two D two eating a hot dog. Yep. Yes. Yep. <laughs> 
I mean, that's, that's just fun. The behind the scenes ones are cool. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just cool. So it was it was a good panel overall. You know, it just had, had kind of a bit of a general talk. Because, but they did explain, you know, um, kind of where Ray starts out in this yeah. movie and where Finn starts out and what's going on with them. So you did get a little bit, but nothing that was really spoilery yeah. at all. <laughs> and uh, and it, it took a while, but they finally got to the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> the trailer I thought was amazing. I love the fact that they show on there it looks like an ancient Jedi tome mm-hmm. that. Um, and in the very end where Luke actually says now everybody here should have already seen the trailer at least yeah, once oh, yeah. mm-hmm. where Luke says um, the Jedi are dead or I'm not sure the Jedi exactly, has to end yeah the Jedi has, to, end. has to come to an end for me personally I think that what that is is what I've been thinking for a long time and what they said in the EU a long time ago was that um, Luke would actually be the last of the Jedi mm-hmm. but he'll be starting something new right which <laughs> I think that's what Rey is not going to be a Jedi She'll be whatever it is that basically takes the Jedi's place in the galaxy without all the dogma and the history and all the, right. and the baggage that comes with Jedi. Well, the the speculation based on that and some other tidbits that have come out with most people has been that um, Ray is going to be gray. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, because of the whole balance thing. Well, and, and also, everything. if you've been watching Rebels, mm. they brought in a character called the Bendu, mm-hmm. which his... And he calls himself Bendu, but he doesn't ever say "I am the ben- I am Bendu." It's "I I am the Bendu." So it's almost like the Bendu is a race, almost too, or a type of religion like okay. Jedi and Sith. Mm-hmm. He's not Jedi. He's not Sith. He's actually neutral, right? Which is possibly where they're going with Rey. And right. and the director did confirm, um, not on this panel, but elsewhere, that. Uh, the last Jedi is a reference to a singular, not a yeah. plural, because there was a question because Jedi yeah. is singular and plural, but it is a singular. Well, like I said, I think I think it's exactly what I was thinking, that Luke is the last Jedi. Right. He was trained traditionally as a Jedi. He had tried to bring it back and it didn't work. They're all gone. Mm-hmm. Um, just like Kylo Ren is not a Sith. Right. right. The Sith are gone. With right. Vader... With Vader, that was the in the Emperor, that was the last of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Right. Now they may try to follow the teachings of the Sith somewhat, or but he is a dark side force wielder, but right. he's not a Sith. Right. Right. Sith is a specific. It's almost like a specific religion. Yeah. So you, know, um, you still have the dark and the light. It's just, I think this is going to bring across to people that Jedi and Sith are more like the religions, but there is still dark and light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that's kind of it's out there in the universe, and people are part of both sides. Yeah. Um, the other one for me, um, the big one that was for most Star Wars fans, was that 40th anniversary panel, the first one they did Thursday. Yeah. And that one was amazing. And can I just say, though, the one thing that I think is cool about Celebration, they don't wait until the weekend to bring out the big panels. Yeah. No. Oh, you they know, always started off with a they have Yeah. They have, they have a big one on Thursday. They have a big one on Friday. Like, they, they know that people are there for the full four days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they make sure you've got big stuff going on all day. Right. Well, and then, yeah, every day has one huge panel at least. Yeah. The, they had the fourth anniversary panel on fr- Thursday. Friday was the... Uh, the Last Jedi panel. Mm-hmm. The first panel today was the um, Star Wars Rebels, Rebels season four panel, yep. which I have not got a chance to see. And I know the trailer's out there. I still haven't seen it yet. <laughs> so, um, but they, I did hear. I heard enough that they did announce that season four is going to be the final the season, final season. Right. Yep. which we had pretty much figured anyway. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were thinking season three was going to be the last one. And I believe they said they they're introducing a new character. Okay, as well. Um, well, I know we're going to get. I know. From listening to other panels and stuff, like I saw Dave Filoni and uh, Pablo Hidalgo on a panel, on mm-hmm. uh, some other panels, they were teasing some of the stuff they're going to talk about. Yeah. So we know Rex is coming back. We're going to get more Mandalorians next year, and some of the stuff like that. And they're going to close down a lot of stories arcs too. But um, it looks like because of um, another thing that was announced or right before 
celebration was this um, the Force of Destiny, mm-hmm. the three to five minute shorts that are focusing more on the female characters that are going to be YouTube shorts. I think yeah. there's a certain amount that are going to be on YouTube. Then there's going to be an equal amount that we're not that they're not going to release on YouTube, but they'll be made into two um, TV specials. Right. And there's a whole line of dolls going with this. And um, stuff like that, which is awesome because I saw the dolls look amazing. They do, and um, they, they actually good. they're made for girls. They're about the size of Barbies, but they're not a Barbie looking doll. They no. actually look like an action figure, and they point out they actually have um, action figures for years. Has had things like you move something on it, and it has an action that it does. Right. These figures do too. Like you squeeze, raise your legs together, and she swings her staff. Right, right. Things like that. And these are these are marketing. And they for have girls. weapons. That's right. <laughs> um, it's what it is. I think this this started with DC. We talked about it mm-hmm. last year when they put out that um, DC superhero girls. Yeah, they're realizing action figures are a girl thing also. Right, and there well, was such an outcry when Force Awakens came out, and they didn't have much mm-hmm. of Ray. Yeah. Everyone wanted Ray, and not just a, not just in a completionist sense. Like there were some sets that they put out all these sets of of these action figures or dolls mm-hmm. or whatever, and it didn't have Ray. It's like, come on, she's the she's the primary character yeah. in, in the film. And then they came out afterwards, and they said, oh, we always planned on bringing her out, but you know, whatever excuse I they think had. What it is, but, is that they didn't realize how big a part Ray actually was. Hasbro yeah, didn't, right? Because they, they get production stills, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, right. They so they don't know Fas- the character. Well, that's just like majority of the time, they thought Phasma was a dude. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. They thought Phasma was a male character because they don't. They just get picked. And most of the people that are doing the, a lot of the people doing the toy design, some of them aren't Star Wars fans. They're right. just they say, oh, we got a picture. That one looks cool. That one looks cool. That's how come you got thousands of Constable Zuvio still sitting out there, mm-hmm. and he was cut from the movie. Right. <laughs> but in the production stills, that guy looked cool. He's and then right. got the pilot. Yeah. The, how many pilots do you have out there? And right. Stuff? True. And and I mean and then you get because of Ray's popularity, you have women down to little girls dressing like her in yeah. cosplay and that has made such a huge impact that they can't help but pay attention to it. Yeah. You know, and even even at the last Jedi panel, Josh Gaddis was talking about how he has a little girl and she's so in love with Ray and just Daisy is such like she talked about how it was the writing and it was the directing and it was the movie making and, and he was like, No no no, it's you. Mm-hmm. You know, it made a huge difference. Yeah. It's like the character is on the page, but yeah, that was Ryan Johnson was talking about that. How yeah. the character is on the page, but what people are attaching to is what you put into the part. Right. The same. That's basically is what Carrie Fisher was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The people, Princess Leia could have been taught as sassy as possible, but um, Carrie Fisher it took that role, ran with it, and right. became Princess Leia. Right. Yes. So uh, that was great. Um, but the 40th anniversary panel yes. has a bunch of stuff that no one thought would ever happen. Plus, they had if you can name a person with Star Wars, it was there. Mm-hmm. Um, one is no, they had, a lot of people already leaked that he was going to be there. But it was me because of Kathy Kennedy and um, they brought back Hayden Christensen was is mm-hmm. that celebration for the first time in years. Yep, right. And he's not been doing much in movies at all. No, no, no he hasn't. but he came back. They had him on stage with Ian McDermott talking with George Lucas and I forget who the moderator was, mm-hmm. but. Um, no, it was Warwick Davis. Yeah. Warwick Davis was the moderator there. Right. Um, and then after they had left, they had um, Dave Filoni had come out, which is all, anybody who knows Star Wars knows Dave Filoni is basically the um, the apprentice for George Lucas. Right. Right. Uh, George, he apprenticed at the feet of George Lucas for years. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's a lot of times, that's why stuff like The Rebels still feels like a George Lucas type property because he got the same guy guiding it that knew Luke George. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Um, but then it, they have him come out, and it's and it's cool to see um, Anthony Daniels and uh, Billy D. Williams and Peter Mayhew come out. Right. 
And it was cool to see them sitting out there with um, Warwick and uh, George. Then they had Mark Hamill come out, which everybody expects. He's had every right. celebration, which is awesome. He's There is no one better for an ambassador for Star Wars at the moment. Absolutely. But then the shock of all shocks, they actually had Harrison Ford showed up. Mm. Yeah, and the funny thing is, one of my coworkers was talking about this because he was surprised that he heard that he was there. And I believe it's because he's out of the movies now. Yeah. That he's, because for so many years, he was like... He he was becoming the grumpy old man, yeah. And he didn't want to hear about it, and he didn't want it was too much for him, and all this, and and now he proclaims himself a fan, like yeah. he's actually willing to own it. There's and... a lot of people that go through that. Yeah. Um, Shatner went through that. Yes. With yes. Um, Star Trek. Yep. Mm-hmm. Bad. Um, Nimoy did the same thing. Yeah. To where it's like, I want to be something other than this. So it's it's really <laughs> cool that he's finally owning it, and he's like, yeah. okay, now that I'm kind of done with that, and I don't have the stress of the movies themselves. I can enjoy this. Yes. Right. So, um, and then it's like that, not, that wasn't enough. Then they had, um, all of them left except for George and Kathy Kennedy came back out yep. and they, um, presented the tribute video for, for Carrie Fisher, which I've still not got a chance to see all the way through because the feed was choppy. Right. Um, and then they had Billy Lord, Carrie's daughter come out and, um, talk about Carrie and stuff, mm-hmm. which was great. Um, and then it's like, th- that would have made the fantastic perfect panel. Yeah. And, and by the way, Gary was there. Um, Gary she, was backstage. She, she brought too. she brought Gary to celebration. <laughs> Gary awesome. has to be there, so That's yeah, right. Gary was there. <laughs> but um, and then that would have been awesome. That was a great panel because it was already almost a, an hour and fifteen mm-hmm. minutes already. And then the entire stage lifts up. You have a full orchestra with John Williams conducting yep. to finish the show. I mean, you could not have asked for a better panel celebrating forty years of Star Wars. Yeah, they had. It was kind of like go big or go home. I mean, it was like they shot for the moon. This is forty years. I mean, you know, your next big one's not for another ten years. So you got to do this big, and and they really did. It was it was pretty amazing. And all of this stuff from Celebration, there is an official Star Wars account on YouTube. Yes, you can Mm -hmm. get all of the panels. Not all of them. Well, no, not all. The 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 bigger panels, really. Um, and the clips, like the, the Carrie Fisher video is there. Of course, the, the trailer is there. You know, a lot of the clips and stuff are there. Um, Battlefront was announced. Battlefront 2 yeah. was announced today, so that well, trailer's no, there. That's already been announced, but they actually played the first trailer. Well, and, with the trailer. I think they probably yeah. announced the release date. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so that was all. So that's all. There's a there's an official Star Wars YouTube channel. It, you can access it via StarWars.com as well, but it's easier if you just go to YouTube and look up Star Wars, and you can find them all there. So that you've got them all in one spot. And for all I know, they may have that whole one where it's you know one after the other will yeah. play for you, so you can the, sit down for hours. But there is a reason to go to Celebration because one, there's panels they don't show, mm-hmm. but some of the panels they do show, you don't get to see all of it. Yes. Because I sat and watched the heroines of Star Wars panel yesterday, mm-hmm. which was, um, they sat with Dave Filoni, um, Tia Surkar, who plays Sabine in Rebels, mm-hmm. and um, Ashley Eckstein, who plays Ahsoka Tano. Um, and they were talking about just the role women play in Star Wars, which Dave has a right to be there because you see, if you watch Rebels and Clone mm-hmm. Wars and see, he's writing strong women. Yes, yes. So, um, but then they had Daisy Ridley came out some. And they they actually presented Tia, um, Ashley, and Daisy with their actual Force of Destiny yep. figures. Yep, sweet. But then at the very end of it, they they had they said goodbye to the people at home because they were actually screening the first episode. Exactly. But then we we at home couldn't see. <laughs> you it. have to wait. You have to wait. <laughs> and I mean, the other reason to be there is for um for the last Jedi panel, every person in that panel got the poster. Yeah. And it's not like if you go to some of the conventions, you see maybe 100, 200 people in a room. No, the main hall for the celebration stage is a 6,000-person And it was packed. 
The Galaxy Stage, packed. I believe, is a four thousand feet seater. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these are arenas that yeah, there's are a reason in the they, center. they choose this location. Yeah. <laughs> So, and I, I've not heard the official tally. We won't know for another week or two, yeah. probably. But they were expecting at least sixty-five to seventy thousand people over. And and hey, another reason to go seventy-five is is all the other panels you can see that that you'd never see any part of, such as your buddies at Mighty Marvel Geeks, yes, who actually is, were on the podcast stage. There is a podcast stage, yeah. yes, and and they live streamed it on uh, on Friday night, so that you can go to the Mighty Marvel page for it because they talked about. Uh, Star Wars comics, didn't they? Right, yes. yeah, yes. So there, there's a whole bunch of podcasters there, and um, and Jim from Tangent Bound yes, is down, down there. there. I know um, this week we're doing a... Um, Wookiee Radio was supposed to pre- record tonight. Yep. Mike was actually going to come home from Celebration and record. <laughs> no, I thought he's it was crazy. Not. Well, I thought it was crazy, but today we made the decision that, no, we're going to wait. Just like they on, didn't record yeah. last night. <laughs> well, on Wednesday, we're going to actually do a roundtable yep. with... Um, Everybody we can get together to talk about Celebration and Star right. Wars, and mm-hmm. it'll go out on the Wiki Radio feed, and I believe it's also going out on the Weeby Geeks feed. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, um, so look forward to that on those. But um, we're get, Celebration, like I said, is fun. Mm-hmm. Right. Always, even if you could, I had a chance to go down, I just couldn't afford to do it. Right. And they were pushing hard for me. For, and I know they're doing the same thing yeah, you and Kylan. For this it was, year, it was, it, was, it was more a matter of timing for yeah. us, because... You know, we were going to do the steampunk one, and then we're doing Dragon Con in August. So it was like, you can really only do so many big cons in one year. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> well, and it was like either I go to the con or I go home for Christmas. And I'm like, how do I sit down and tell my mom, Mom, I'm not going to see you because I went down to Disney. You don't want your mom to kill you over <laughs> yeah, a convention. She, 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 does, she doesn't understand the whole Star Wars thing already. So yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't have gone over well. No, so, not um, gone over but well. But like I said, this is celebrations going on while we're recording, so we'll yeah. have more stuff to There's talk about stuff. probably. As and we go. I've been I've been trying to retweet some of the big news, mm-hmm. and I you know like I posted the Last Jedi trailer on our page and that it, kind of the thing. The poster so. that you were talking about that they got is amazing. The poster's it fantastic, is beautiful. Yeah, look look up look up the that poster because it's it's just the whole red and the lightsaber. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. it's and it's, fantastic. It's very much a throwback to the old yes, um, a new hope poster. It's, it's yes. a classic look for sure. So yeah, but um, so we talked about celebration. We actually we need to talk about Aloysius a little because yeah. we're getting to the, about to that point in the show where it's time to get to, onto this interview now. Right. Um, like I said, we had an interview with Aloysius Fox of the Steampunk Symposium. And um, you guys have been friends with him for a little while. Yes. Yes. So yeah. um, there's a, and actually, when you guys get into this interview, we had some technical problems. I've cleaned it up as best as we can get, it, and it actually you can hear everything, so it sounds good. But it's not what you're normally going to hear from us. No. No, is it? No, just a little bit technical difficulty. But we we, we signed a star way through it. So. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so and we actually uh, talk about that a little bit on, towards the end of the interview. Yes. So. Um, but it's a great interview. Like I said, it's Aloysius Fox from the Steampunk Symposium. Right. What's the website? Uh, <laughs> just put the phone down. Just, just put it down. Well, actually, I was looking up the fact that um, it's run through the Pandora Society. Yes. yes. Um, I know the website is actually on their website, I believe. And it is, uh, yeah, it's the PandoraSociety.com is where it's found, but it basically features the Steampunk Symposium on that website. Yeah. Um, and he has the full schedule out now because we're almost there. What's and the dates of it? The dates are the 28th. 
29th and 30th of April. Of April, yes. And uh, it happens every year, and it's down in Cincinnati, Ohio. It kind of takes over pretty much the whole hotel. Right. Yeah. Um, What hotel's it at? That way... It's, actually, it's you, at the, we ask him on the thing, but we never, he never actually does the He never the actually is. does. <laughs> There's certain things that I noticed that we, he didn't talk about on the it's, show. It's Not at, on purpose. But. It's technically in, in an area called Blue Ash, Ohio, which is basically Cincinnati. It's a suburb. Um, it's the Crown Plaza Cincinnati Blue Ash. Um, at this point, I don't know if they actually have any rooms left if you wanted to stay no, the whole but, weekend. But there are but, other hotels around it. Oh, yeah. There, there's there's other hotels around it, and there's um, day, daily tickets available. You don't have to go for the whole weekend. It's going to be full of panels and all things steampunk-related and parties at night and lots of music. And um, So Aloysius runs this, and he's been doing it for a number of years. He's very into steampunk and just wanted to kind of create something for the community and we and decided the, it was about time we got him on the show when this is like the 30th anniversary of steampunk yeah. of, uh, of the of, of the, the naming terminology, terminology steampunk, steampunk and uh, yeah. we talk about it in the interview we actually he's going to have uh have the one who dubbed it uh initially is going to be there jeter is going to be at the the convention so that's going to cool. be very cool we're, we're definitely going to at least one of his panels yes so 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 yeah so that this is the the anniversary and the steampunk symposiums coming up and this is aloysius fox al you are the the founder of the uh steampunk empire and as well as uh, responsible for the bringing together of the steampunk empire symposium uh which is this is the fifth year correct uh actually the sixth year the sixth oh. year oh okay yeah. so what inspired you to come up with the steampunk empire um okay well also to clarify uh a couple of years back uh the show became the international steampunk symposium uh, back in 2012, it did start off as the Steampunk Empire Symposium because it sort of evolved out of the, the Steampunk Empire social media site. Mm-hmm. And um, my work with Steampunk Empire was started back in 2009. And that was because at that time, there just really wasn't a focused steampunk group. I mean, there were groups, you know, within Live Journal, there were... You know, at that time, I think we were still operating in a MySpace level. Now, since then, obviously, you know, with the the, the, the empire that is Facebook, uh, a lot of businesses moved over to that. Um, but at the time, Steampunk Empire was something I think that was well needed. And the, the mission behind it was to make it easier for people to find fellow Steampunks. And that really was kind of inspired by my own experiences the year before, uh, 2008 was sort of my coming out of the armoire moment where I was like, okay, cool. I'm a steampunk. All right. That's, that's why I dress like this. And, and so I looked for, you know, fellow steampunks in Cincinnati and I was really hoping that there would be just some group that already existed and I would just join them and hang out with them. Um, but it turned out, no, there wasn't. So that really kind of, that was the, uh, the slippery path. That's how it began is trying to get together a handful of people in Cincinnati who are steampunk enthusiasts. And uh, that started back in 2008. And then fast forward to, yeah, 2017, and now we're in our sixth year of doing a convention. And, and obviously is getting bigger and better every year. It does, it does grow every year, yes. Um, and it does get better every year. <laughs> and um, we're very excited about this year's symposium. 
this year's symposium is very, I, I'm going to say this one's very literary based. Um, our two main guests are Sherry Priest and K.W. Jeter. And for all the steampunk enthusiasts out there, you'll know that Jeter was the chap who in April 1987 coined the term steampunk which is why our theme for this year is 30 years of steampunk. We're actually down to the month because, you know, April yeah, 2017 and it was April 1987. I don't know the exact date, but it was in April. But yeah, he just, and you know, and it was just flippant as well. He was being sarcastic. Um, and, you know, he's, he's a great writer. Uh, he's not just steampunk. Um, he does, you know, have several, uh, you know, great steampunk titles, but he's also written a whole bunch of um, Star Wars novels, uh, Blade Runner novels. So, you know, there's certainly, you know, a lot uh, that he's, he's going to be able to talk about when he's here in Cincinnati. Obviously, you've made a big enough name of the symposium to get someone uh, of that stature who's iconic in, in the movement, in the genre. And how, how did you swing that one? You know, it's like anything. It's knowing the right people. Right. So, you know, you know someone who knows someone who has their email address, and then, you know, you know someone, you know someone who's actually, you know, done other conventions with them. Um, and, you know, so that really, I mean, that's kind of what opens the doors. And, um, yeah, no, when I, when I contacted uh, K.W. Gita, um, he and his wife were, were very receptive to the idea of, of coming to the show. That's awesome. Yeah. Is he going to have some specific panels to attend at the show, or is it more of like a signing appearance or a reading or that kind of thing? No, he is doing he's doing a couple of panels. Um, actually, the panel is going to repeat itself. Uh, so he's doing the panel on Saturday and also on Sunday at the same time each day. One of the complaints that we get about the symposium is that there's too much to do. That's always a good problem to have. Exactly. So the program this year is so what for our you know what we're calling our A programming um, is actually going to be occurring on both Saturday and Sunday, sort of about the same time. So if you can't make it one day, you know because there was something else that you just absolutely had to go to, um, then you get like a second opportunity the next day. Um, so we're hoping people will come away more satisfied, being able to actually you know try and fit more stuff in because they have more than one chance to go see something. That's a really good idea. The other, I think a lot of other conventions could learn from that. No, thank you. It was very much inspired by things like, you know, Renaissance Festival. Because, you know, when you go to the Renaissance Festival, Saturday and Sunday, it has very, you know, sort of parallel programming. And, you know, basically also we want to, like, make Sunday as much fun as Saturday is. Because you know how it is at conventions. Sunday usually is kind of like the, uh, the, the sort of forgotten stepchild of the convention. <laughs> we're trying really hard to make Sunday of, you know, of as much value as we could compared to um, Saturday as well. I know what you're saying because a lot. Actually, it ends up being Friday and Sunday. Both are almost forgotten. Friday's the day everybody shows up and just says, "You know what? I'm here and relax." And Sunday is everybody saying goodbye and getting ready to leave. Yeah, so. I mean, for the people who were there the whole weekend, yeah, I mean, Friday. I'm sorry, Sunday is all about yeah, checking out of your room, and you know, we're also kind of mindful of making sure you know how the schedule looks around at the time that we know everyone's checking out. Well, I did notice on the schedule, you have a, you have a good amount of things on Friday and it, and it all starts after four. So you're giving people a chance to check in and then you've got things kind of going into the night as they should. <laughs> uh, yeah. Four o'clock. We've got a few things and it starts off kind of light because also we, we know that there's a lot of people who are either getting into town or were at work that day. Um, so, I mean, we've, from past experience, 
Uh, you know, some people are fortunate enough to be able to, you know, come in on Thursday and they're there all day on Friday. But I, I think the vast majority of people who come, you know, they tend to arrive late in the afternoon or early in the evening on Friday. So we try to make our programming reflect that. Okay. Let's go a little bit different direction here. How did you actually get into steampunk? I mean, what brought you into this, um, this like area of fandom and stuff? Um, you know, I think my story is very, uh, quite typical of a lot of steampunks where, you know, you were always into that. Um, and then, I mean, it wasn't until, yeah, 2000, I mean, I, okay. I was familiar with the label and the aesthetic of steampunk, but, Earlier, I mean, it was much more, I think, you know, literary genre, and occasionally you saw bits of it in movies, and you might refer to it as that. But it really wasn't until sort of, you know, early this century that it started emerging as a sort of community, as a as a fashion statement, as a music genre. I mean, all the things that you know, we we come to love. Um, I mean, all of that stuff is really, you know, like ten, twelve years old. Um, which actually, gosh, I suppose that sounds quite old now. Um, but yeah, I was always into Victorian styles. Um, I actually, as a kid, loved. Uh, do you remember the? Have you seen any? You know the Doug McClure movies. I mispronounced that. Sorry, Doug McClure. Um, things like um, you know Warlords of Atlantis, Journey to the Center of the Earth. I mean, all these amazing sort of, you know, H.G. Wells, Jules Verne style movies that are so steampunk without actually trying. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, mean, I, I loved those things as a kid and I loved the fashions and it just, yeah, all kind of came together. And it was funny because, yeah, in 2008, early 2008, some friends and I were actually planning on sort of, you know, like, hey, let's form a group of people and we'll, we'll, we'll dress up. We'll dress up in tuxedos and go out to regular bars. That'll be funny. And then it was sort of like a month later, I, I read the article that appeared in, uh, I forget which week it was, but it, in May, the New York Times ran an article about steampunk as a fashion statement. And that was quite a pivotal moment when it was like, oh, okay. So, all right, so that's steampunk. Okay, I've heard of steampunk before. Fair enough. All right, I'm steampunk. And there it was, you know. And I like to refer to that as the, yes, coming out of the armoire moment. I'm going to borrow that. You know, I, we, we made it to the first and second so gathering yeah. of, the, of the Empire. And, um, so you haven't been since 2014? Oh, my God. No, no. <laughs> we're, we're bad little steampunks. It's so much better. <laughs> For a start, we're not in that horrible hotel we were in the first year. Because of the symposium, I had my first introduction to Bartitsu. And I was just, that was one of those things I read about, and it just seemed cool. Yeah. And and then you had it as a class. And I'm like, or it was, okay, technically it was a, um, a workshop, yeah. It was a workshop. It was a workshop. You you learned things. So I guess if you want to call it a class. So yeah, you got hit from the floor. I, yeah, I got hit from the floor. It was a good time. You know how to people. And, and tea dueling. And uh, to this day, People, I, I, because I, I T-dueled, mm-hmm. and I, I lost. Very, very poorly, yeah. Very, very poorly. And to this day, people ask, they're like, what is T-dueling? And I'll tell them, and I, and I explain, this is a very, this is very serious business. And, and they were asking me, am I going to T-duel? I said, no, I am not T-dueling this year. Uh, he, he's a little embarrassed. He, he got beat out by a significantly older woman who went to the finals. <laughs> Well, you know, there's really no way of judging who is good or who is not at T-Dool. 
I've only ever done it once and and, uh, I lost. So yeah, I I, I don't know with this. That was at the the 2014 symposium. So I haven't done it since 2014, but we we do have tea dueling this year. Actually, yeah, we've had tea dueling every year. Um, That's not actually, we didn't invent that one. That one actually did start off in Britain. Yeah, actually, it's so funny. I learned the story a couple of years back of, of how tea dueling came about. And um, it is quite whimsical, which is so typical of the steampunk community. It actually started off as a sort of fake sign. There was some sort of steampunkish uh, museum library thing. And uh, the people who did the installation put up signs saying tea dueling is prohibited in the library. And then people were like, okay, well, what's tea doing? And so they actually had to invent the sport in order to give backstory. Um, and that's how that came to be. And I thought that was a great story because that's just, I don't know, that just seems so typical of like, you know, the whimsical things that you'll find in steampunk community. Well, that, that comes down to the way people dress for it too, because the first time that Kylan and I went to an event where we actually dress the part, mm-hmm. someone asked us who we were and what our story was. And up to that point, it hadn't even occurred to us that we actually needed an entire backstory for our characters. So, I, I, so <laughs> we, came, we, we, we came home, I immediately created a backstory, mm-hmm. which I'm afraid, and, and, and it, it kind of evolves, but you know, it's... Yeah, we have complete backstories now for our characters. It, and it's like everyone does. You can ask like anyone who's been to a couple of these events what the backstory is, and they give you their entire history of their character. I'm, I'm going to interject a little bit there because while there are a lot of people who will make backstory and kind of uh, bring a, a LARP element um, to steampunk, but there's also, I think, equally, um, actually, yeah, I, I tend to describe it as, you know, LARP versus lifestyle because I, I got into a more sort of lifestyle of not necessarily trying to be a character or trying to be somebody else, but just more like, okay, this is, I just want to infuse this in my day-to-day life. Right. So, you know, and, and so, yeah, I mean, for example, I mean, a lot of steampunks will collect antiques and things like that. And, and their decor has, has elements of Victorian or Edwardian, their wardrobe. And, and so for those folks, I don't think they, they necessarily worry too much about uh, backstories and such. But I have noticed that sometimes the two don't necessarily gel so smoothly. Because there'll be, there'll be some people who are, yeah, more, you know, just there to party or whatever. And and, you know, and then they're getting the backstory from somebody. And it's sort of like, I, I, I didn't consent to this backstory. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, it's like, that's not necessarily my thing. Uh, so one of the things that we are trying to develop with the symposium is actually kind of like a LARPing track. So that if that is the opportunities, you know, to do sort of role play, to do puzzles, to, you know, have, have that gaming aspect. Um, and our, our tabletop gaming that we have this year is, is exploding compared to what it was before. We've actually had a lot of gaming companies who've sent us um, uh, various games. For example, uh, Cool Mini or Not has sent us a copy of uh, On Her Majesty's Service, which is a great steampunk tabletop game. Um, Looney Labs, we, we got a copy of Cthulhu Flux and some other games sent to us. Um, so, you know, we actually, and we got a lot of GMs as well. So in the evening time, for people who are gaming, uh, we're going to have a room that's going to have several tables running games. 
Uh, we got actually a couple of gaming companies there. Steve Jackson Games will be there running Steampunk Munchkin. Um, and also FASA. I don't know if you know the game Shadowrun. FASA no longer owns Shadowrun, but they do have essentially a Steampunk version of Shadowrun. Yeah. Oh, nice. And they're, they're going to be there doing demos of that. You evil man. <laughs> <laughs> It's not. <laughs> yes, they had a, I'm like, when will I? I, oh, I didn't need to know this. Hey, you'll be there. You can try it out. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to come back here and I'm going to have to find a group of people to play with. <laughs> well, I know two people over here that will probably play. There you go. Oh, I man. think we already have a built-in group. We're good. Oh, my gosh. And and unfortunately, uh, call many or not, the game wasn't actually ready for uh, to be released yet. But they have a new steampunk tabletop game called, uh-huh. um, oh gosh, World of Smog: Rise of Moloch. Oh, is, wow. is, the Kickstarter just came to an end, and it you know, generated tons of money. Um, so we're hoping. I mean, okay, I shouldn't necessarily be plugging 2018 already, but we're hoping <laughs> to be running demos of that game as well. Um, and the minis for that are just oh, they're beautiful. But like, it's like it's so new. Like I said, the Kickstarter. Um, actually, I think the Kickstarter campaign might even still be going. Okay. But, um, yeah. So that's uh, so. Yeah. I mean, as far as gaming, LARPing, like I said, we, we're going to have more and more of that. Uh, we, we we try really hard to have something for everybody. I mean, early on, we gained um, a well-deserved reputation for being a party convention. And so for the folks who like the party, we've got that covered. We also have a specific children's program. So, you know, we're also very family friendly. It's it's really kind of a case of like, you know, trying to make sure that there's something for everybody because steampunk is such a diverse crowd in terms of their interests. You know, it can go in several different directions. And we're hoping that people get out of the symposium, you know, what they're really into. Mm-hmm. Right. What is the, like... Hearing about this sounds like an awesome show. What's the general size of your show about? So that way, anybody who's thinking about coming over has a general idea of what they're get, what they're getting here. Okay, uh, the size of the show is yeah, approximately about a thousand over the weekend. Um, so we're not a huge show. We're not a small show either. But you're, the, uh, you're in a perfect size range where, it's like I said, um, we just talked to Concoction a couple weeks ago. Everybody knows we work with um, Connor the Cobb. You're at the right size where you can actually get to know the people there but it still mm-hmm. feels big enough that you're at an actual convention. That is true. And actually, that is something that each year at the symposium, um, it sounds kind of cheesy, but like you will ha- you will get several friends. You'll probably get about a dozen friends that yeah, week. You uh, it is a very social convention. Yeah. And then, like I said, and, and so, we, and, you know, early on, uh, we got the reputation of being a party convention, but we also make sure that there's other things to do in the evening. So, I mean, if, if you're not really into loud parties, uh, we've got a, the symposium ball where you can do formal, you know, ballroom dancing. Uh, there's the gaming going on. There's all sorts of stuff going on. Actually, around about midnight on Saturday, we're even having a sale. So if that's your thing. Because uh, the the sort of Victorian Gothic track has uh, been growing quite a bit this year. That kind of blends in with uh, like the authors you have. Is Cherry Priest has has a couple of a new one coming out uh, is Brimstone, and then she had the uh, yeah the the earlier books that she's had with not just the Bone Shaker series, but she's getting more into the Gothic um, mm-hmm. novels and that. So I presume that she's going to be doing some of those panels. Yeah, and actually also one of the big influences there is uh, Liana Renee Hyber, oh, right, who right. has been at every symposium. In fact, she is our, our resident uh, author. 
um, even though she lives in New York, uh, but she was originally from Cincinnati. And if you've ever seen her or met her, she is like, her, her skin is like alabaster and she is always dressed in black. Um, she has the, the Victorian Gothic thing is wonderful and her novels reflect that as well. And she was so excited when uh, the show Penny Dreadful became popular because then she was able to say like, okay, all my books, yeah, they're like that. So yeah, so it, I, I think she's been having a lot of fun with that as well. And, and you know, we, we see things, yeah, growing. I mean, in the future, who knows, maybe we'll have more fairies and pirates and mermaids and things and, you know, so this, usually what it is is like we've got crazy ideas of what we want to do. Um, but it's just a case of we have the space for it. Right. right. So we're always looking for bigger premises. Well, we know that steampunk in general is a very kind of open and accepting community and a diverse community. And you have um, Diana Foe coming back this year. Yes. Yeah. Diana was out uh, in 2015 as well. She was also the very first symposium. Um, yes. A brilliant speaker. And um, her wife, Ashley, is also coming with her. And Ashley is going to be doing, uh, she does some stand-up comedy um, and some of the other panels as well. And I'm really excited because actually this is Ashley's first time at the symposium. Diana's always come out by herself in the past. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've met Ashley n- numerous times at other conventions. And this will be the first time that she's coming to the symposium. So that, that's, that's pretty exciting. Right. And Diana's fantastic. We've seen her talk a couple of times and, and she really brings in the multicultural qualities of steampunk as well, because so many people just see it as the Victorian and the English and that sort of look, but she even wears more multicultural outfits to, to bring that into it. Yeah. Her influence is uh, Vietnam um, because her family heritage is Vietnamese. And so she tries to incorporate a lot of uh, the cultural heritage um, from, from that area. Um, but no, Diana, also known sometimes, well, as uh, was it Aileen the Peacemaker. Um, no, her work is brilliant. And, and she's very much respected as a leading authority on, I mean, not just multiculturalism in steampunk, but also just steampunk on an academic level. But she does bring something brilliant to the community. Because if not, yeah, you're right. I mean, the Victorian era, the, the sort of the ugly history of it all is obviously the imperialism, mm-hmm. you know, and this very Eurocentric robbing from other countries. And, and so the, the multiculturalism that you will find in steampunk is, is a great counterbalance and a good reminder to everybody as well. You know, we, we are not historical reenactors. That, yeah, because that, that, that's obviously, I think, uh, something people get confused about as well. Have you ever had people say, do you steampunk outfit? It's not historically accurate. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> There's nothing historically accurate about steampunk, and that's the point. <laughs> well, yeah, unless, it, unless I somehow miss the, uh, the steam-powered uh, time machine that... Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it well, is completely historically accurate. If history was written by Jules Verne and H.G. Wells. Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. Actually, yeah, if you like my coming out of the armoire, you'll probably like this other phrase that I coined years ago. Um, when people would ask about, you know, steampunk, and I would say, uh, we are historical reenactors of a future that never was. Yes, nice. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was one I was quite proud of. Wow, well, I, I like that you had these awesome turns of phrases that, that I guess it almost in a nutshell, explains the the inability to really explain what steampunk is <laughs> you know um 
another thing that I like to describe steampunk as is um, it's a it's open source fandom. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's exactly. Other fandoms, you know, there are intellectual properties that you know sometimes you know large corporations own rights to it or whatever, and so licensing is actually a big deal. Steampunk is the antithesis of that. Nobody owns steampunk. And the community is very aware of this, which is why, you know, kind of bordered on that sort of defining steampunk moment. And that's definitely something to uh, get up the dander of your average steampunk is when you start trying to define steampunk. Um, and then they'll tell you, you know, it's not what steampunk is, it's what steampunk can be. Um, it's, it's sort of, yeah. And, and actually we do have one panel that's just entitled, um, steampunk genre, and that's going to have Sherry on it, uh, I think KW and that already is proving to be popular. And I think it's going to be controversial because I think they're going to have the conversation of, yeah, like what makes steampunk. And so, I mean, that's, that's going to be a good, cause you know, that we got some, big hitters on that conversation um yes. and so a lot of people i think are really excited and maybe even a bit nervous to see how that one goes down we've already had many requests of you know hopefully that we will be here with and we, we do have plans and as long as all the speakers agree um and are okay with being videoed uh we would video that and we're going to try and get that one you know on youtube or something like that nice so we've talked a lot about the different things from the convention. Is there anything specifically happening that we've not talked about that um, you're excited about coming that's happening? By the convention? Yeah, about the at the symposium. Is there anything that's happening coming up um, to, at the symposium this year that we've not got a chance to talk about yet? Things that are coming up at the symposium. Well, we, I mean, the big center thing is the, uh, the Steampunk Olympics, um, also the, known as the Symposium Games. Uh, we got a couple of new contests in that. Uh, mostly we kind of try and keep that consistent because there are some people who throughout the year are actually getting ready for that. Uh, we, were the first, we were the first convention to do uh, the remote control airship races. Those, that was so awesome. Those are fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that, I think that is something that actually makes the event unique. Because um, you know, a number of events have, have sort of, try to do it but at the symposium what, what we get is we get at least half a dozen and so when you've got the, the the ballroom ceiling you know kind of all these airships floating around and so forth it's an amazing sight it's fun um but also i mean we we, we brought on uh yeah teapot racing uh we had that for, for our last year for the first time that actually came that was developed in new zealand they started doing that but yeah, and like I said, this year it, it's very literary in feel. We've got a lot of writing workshops. Um, I'm very pleased to say that our bookstore is actually, we're using that to raise money for our uh, charity partner. Uh, we're partnered with NAMI, the, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, because you know, some of us choose to be eccentric and some of us just belong this way. Um, and our bookstore is one of the things we're doing to raise money for the charity. 20% of all the book sales are going to go to NAMI. Uh, we're also having a raffle and a couple of things too. Where uh, And we, we partnered up with NAMI back in 2014. And so, yeah, we've, we've done quite a lot of work at our events raising money for the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Nice. Well, uh, it's nice to know that we have a bookstore and you yet again are feeding my addiction. Thank you, sir. 
<laughs> well, like I said, this year is yeah, very literary based. Um, it's funny though, in terms of costuming, mm-hmm. uh, when we said our theme was 30 years of steampunk, uh, a lot of people sort of said, well, okay, what, what, does, what does that look like in terms of costuming? And we're like, uh, uh, we don't know. So what's happened is the attendees <laughs> came up with it themselves, and this is brilliant. You know, steampunks don't wait to be told what it is. They're just like, hey, look what I made. They decided 1987 needed to be steampunk. So there are a number of people who are planning their costumes, and I've seen some pictures already. Of And, and it's kind of expanded from 1987. Basically, it's the 1980s. There are going to be a lot of people who have steampunked pop culture in the 1980s. Oh, that sounds fantastic. And, and so that, that, that is now going to be one of the categories in the costume contest. So somebody, you know, anybody who has cosplay, you know, uh, come up with an outfit that is thematic, um, that, that is now a category in, in, the, uh, in the costume contest that is on Saturday afternoon. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. Well, Aloysius, I, you know, I have learned a lot and I, I, I'm going to be running to the hotel with money in hand. Just say, just take my money. Oh, by the way, quick point about the hotel. Um, if you are coming from out of town, the hotel across the street, the Red Roof Inn, still has rooms, but the host hotel um, is sold out. So that gives you a good sense of how you know, we have the whole hotel. Okay. Yeah, we, we booked our room months ago, so we're good. <laughs> yes. You're smart people. <laughs> we, we've been to Dragon Con a few times, we know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, okay, we're nowhere near as big as DragonCon, but we, as far as hotel rooms, for the last three years, we've kind of been in that situation where, yeah, you've got to book a hotel like the first couple of weeks because, yeah, there's three years in a row now. We, we've sold out the hotel almost a year ahead of the show. Nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It makes us very popular with hotels, actually. Oh, yeah. Are you, are you, do you want another hotel? You want a larger hotel? <laughs> Come this way. Come yeah, it's nice. It, it, it's like everybody wants, you know, wants to ask you to prom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the steampunks are the cool kids. Look at that. No, no, imagine yeah. that. We are. Actually, the hotels I've worked with, they, they love us because, like, steampunks also, as you know, generally speaking, are actually quite a mature bunch. It's funny. We are. They can act incredibly immature, but at the same time, be incredibly mature about it. Um, yes. you know, you know, we're, very, we're very playful, very imaginative, very whimsical. But, you know, like our, our mums taught us right. <laughs> so like, you know, because also, I mean, within, within Steampunk also, there is that element of uh, civility. And, but it, it's funny that how Steampunk embraces civility as a form of rebellion. Because in a society where rebellion has just become more and more crass, to take that and then just to be like, okay, I rebel by going to the opposite extreme. I am going to rebel by being polite in a community, or, you know, in a society that has become rude. And I think that, that is actually an element of steampunk there. It's like, you know, to distinguish oneself by being civil. Now, that's not to say that they don't know how to party. They certainly do. But they're able to do it without breaking things or without, you know, making a mess of the hotel. And that is something that's been strongly appreciated. Um, well, I remember the first, the first, uh, imp- the first year, mm-hmm. we had a, what was it, insult? The Battle of Wit. Yeah. Insult. 
Yes. And I was talking to a friend about this and I was, I was explaining all the rules and he's just looking at me like, I'm like, I was like, you, you still had to be a gentleman about it. There was no profanity. And he's like, really? I'm like, it was, I was like, it was beautiful to watch this. There were some really good zingers. That yeah, came out. If, if you ever want a, a strange look on someone's face, you just explain the civility of steampunk and the fandoms and, yeah. and the people involved. Yeah, you have to be kind of a bit like sort of Maggie Smith from Downton Abbey with that one. Yeah, we actually haven't done that one. We should bring that back because we did that in 24. Yeah, yes. And, and then it just sort of disappeared. Um, but that was a good one. Yeah, that one's easy to set up, but not necessarily easy to win. Because, yeah, yeah, we just had the the tea table and two people sat across from each other with microphones and they had it. And, yeah, actually it was was funny watching, you know, because usually each round ended when one person just kind of choked up because, like, they couldn't think of anything to say that wasn't obviously rude. Like, you could tell that they just wanted to cuss out the other person. And then it's like, oh, I got nothing. Yeah, no, maybe that will come back in 2018. Tony was brilliant at it. Oh, yeah. He- One time that he lost, somebody said something and I forgot. It, it was, it was yeah, probably a backhanded comment. And yeah. I guess he's about to respond. He starts laughing. And then and that was it. That was <laughs> it. Oh, this, yeah, there's a video of that somewhere. I mean, let's bring some more on YouTube. You know, I don't know. I need, actually, I, I, there you go. There's my project. For May, I'm gonna get get all the videos I can find of the symposium, and I need to put them all together in one easy to find place, so everybody can see how amazing the International Steampunk Symposium is. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we can let's get to the basics. Um, give us the dates, uh, the the for this year, and if it's going to be about the same this year, uh, next year, and uh, the location and all the good details. All right. This year, it is April 28th, 29th, and 30th. Uh, With the exception of 2016, we've always been the last weekend in April. And next year, we are also the last weekend in April. We've we've secured the date. Uh, We try to keep it consistent. And we are consistently in Cincinnati, Ohio, which is very centrally located, actually. I don't know if people really appreciate how centrally located it is. In fact, we have a map showing how centrally located (laughs) No, seriously, because two of the other big steampunk shows, uh, Anacrocon in Atlanta and TeslaCon in in, uh, Madison, Wisconsin. And actually, we're, we're kind of like halfway between the two of them. Um, I think it's like seven hours to get to 1A to get to if you're driving. And, and so it's kind of like, our, you know, the symposium is kind of the convention to sort of see people that you might not necessarily, you know, see at the other conventions because we're sort of, yeah, like I said, we're, we're located very central. We're also uh, just five hours down from Detroit. So, you know, folks who are up there with uh, Motor City Steam Con, you know, are going to come on down. And uh, a lot of them actually will have tables at the symposium promoting their show. So, yeah, Cincinnati, Ohio. Who would have thought that Cincinnati would be so cool? That's true. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you know, we do it. We have that famous Mark Twain quote, you know. You know that one, right? Uh, Mark, there's, a, there's a few. Mark Twain said that if the world ended, he would want to be in Cincinnati because Cincinnati is always 10 years behind. Oh! 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 <laughs> so we're, kind of make, we're trying to make Cincinnati like 200 years behind. 
That's right. <laughs> it's so appropriate. <laughs> yes. And actually, we, we have a Mark Twain lookalike um, as, as part of our crew. Uh, he's an awesome guy. And uh, he often actually gets mistaken for Colonel Sanders because he's wearing the white suit. <laughs> and we have to explain, no, it's Samuel Clemens. It's Mark Twain. And then, uh, oh. And it's brilliant because he's actually, he's got a pair of white goggles. <laughs> awesome goggles made to go with his outfit. So he'll wear his white suit. And he's got his old crazy white hair, you know, like Einstein. And, uh, and he's got the white goggles to go with it as well. And he's a wonderful guy. Buy him a drink if you see him. He's a good guy. Absolutely. <laughs> Will do. Mint julep, I'm assuming? Um, you know, I'm going to assume anything, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say about assuming. There there you go. Go. That's there true. Go. That is true. <laughs> as long as it's alcohol, most steampunks won't complain. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> And if they do complain, we have other things to do. Even in the evening. I mean, if, if drink is not your thing, then, you know, we, we, we don't want anybody to feel left out. So there's, there's a lot going on. And I know actually one of the room parties is actually uh, planning more of a kind of temperance. So it's going to be in the heart of the party. Um, because, oh, yes, yes, if you don't know about it, uh, we have what is officially called the noise-friendly hallway. Um, so one side of the hotel is kind of loud and then the other side is quiet. So, that, you know, the majority of people, it's a win-win situation because the people who need a good night's sleep are, you know, the party is far away from them. And the people who really like to party are all in the same location. Nice. Awesome. One hallway. It's kind of like a street party. A lot of people will have their room parties and just open up the doors and people just kind of go up and down the hallway and, yeah, but that one, yeah, you do need to be 21 to get in. And each of the parties is responsible for making sure that they've carded, you know, the people coming in. Um, but it's, but as we mentioned earlier, steampunks are actually very responsible drunks. We yes. are. It's amazing. Like, it can be, yeah, totally, you know, you know, drinking a whole bunch of absinthe, all sorts of strange cocktails from the mixology groups and everything else. But at the same time, completely functional. Right. <laughs> well, how can uh, any of our listeners find out more about the symposium and uh, perhaps still buy some tickets or just find out about yourself in general or any contact information you want to share? Yeah. Uh, well, the website is steampunksymposium.com, uh, which is also then connected in with the pandorasociety.com, which is the main website where we run a lot of articles. Tickets are still available online. Um, if you know various airships, you can actually get discounts. There's like a whole bunch of discount codes out there because a lot of the other groups have their own discount codes so they can, you know, save money for the people that they, you know, they know. But right now, uh, a weekend badge for adults um, is just 60 bucks. But, so if you get a discount code, it actually brings it down to about 55. At the event, it's going to be 65, which is, you know, still reasonably priced for a convention. Um, and like I said, that's the most expensive ticket because that's our uh, 21 and up. Uh, the next price break we have actually is the 18 to 20 um, because a lot of our, some of our programming is, is 21 and up. And so... You know, we, we actually charge a bit less if you can't get into that. Um, and then there's, you know, kids' prices. And, you know, if anybody under five, you know, we're not going to charge for a ticket. You know, so, yeah. But, but also, uh, it's not just the weekend badges. Um, there's the Friday uh, ticket. Uh, we've got Saturday daytime only, Saturday evening, and then Sunday daytime only. So uh, for some people who just kind of, you know, want to dip their toes in and check it out, um, it, it, that keeps the cost down. 
Um, but obviously it's cheaper if you're going to be there the whole weekend and yeah, the weekend badge is, is definitely the way to go. And all those details are on steampunksymposium.com. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to the show and uh, we're going to tell everybody about what we see here and experience when we come back. And I, we would love to have you on again. Hopefully, no sooner than our thousandth, thousandth episode or <laughs> thousandth issue. I'll, I'll make an exception. I'll come back before the thousandth one. <laughs> 500, you know. <laughs> if you plan on being in uh, Atlanta, uh, maybe around... Maybe Labor Day weekend. Maybe Labor Day weekend or something. Yeah, we'll... I, 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 yeah, and I, I've been at Dragon Con the last four years, but this actually, oh, this, this might be a year that I can't make it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, 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 thanks. I'm depressed. But if only I had a great steampunk convention to go to at the end of April. <laughs> I do. Oh, no, not depressed anymore. Well, Alicious, I want to thank you for coming on the show. This was great. <laughs> it has been my pleasure. I was apprehensive about the technology. Yeah. This is fun. Well, but thank I, you again, I, I just want to add the little asterisk here in the, in the fine print that um, that this actually is my real accent. Okay. That I actually really am British. Uh, I've lived in the States <laughs> for 20 years now. Well, I just it just occurred to me that probably people think I've been faking this the entire time. Hey, um, I, I, I'm, playing, I'm putting my wife on blast. She, like, when you, when you called and we were talking on the phone, uh-huh. she said it really was British. <laughs> and she, I said, well, no. what do you mean? You know how steampunks do sometimes? And I'm like, it's true. There's a lot of people I have met in the community that oh, yeah. you no. talk to the side of a convention and they have this, you know, the flat American accent. And then when they're at a convention, they're completely British the whole time. Well, I don't know why. I, I knew he was British. I don't know why. I just knew. Well, I mean, it's the same thing. <laughs> but I talked to you a few times. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing at Renaissance festivals as well. So, you know, but I just thought I'd throw it out there. I mean, I'm, I'm actually really quite laid back about the Thing, but I just kind of thought that, you know, you're probably going to have some people thinking like, you know, that I was faking this the entire thing. And maybe I am. You just have to come to the symposium and find out. Get him drunk and see if he still sounds British. <laughs> All right. Well, you're trying to wrap this up and I seem to be uh, unable to shut up. So um, it has been an honor for having you on, on your show. And uh, I hope to see even more people enjoying the International Steampunk Symposium this year. Oh, yeah. Kyle and Dawn are going to have to bring back some um, reports from the symposium. Oh, yeah. There'll be a lot to report. And there might be some stuff that you discretion is the better. Once again, I want to thank Al for coming on the show and um, hanging out with us. Uh, next time, we'll make sure we got the tech better. Yes. <laughs> right. Sometimes it's difficult when it's not only just two locations, but a third location. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So then, we've never used Google Hangouts before. No. That's true. That was a first for so us. So it, it was. it's a little different. I, I personally like Skype better myself. But so, um, but Don, just in case anybody missed it on the interview, so that everybody knows, what's the all the details about the symposium again? The uh, symposium runs from the 28th of April through the 30th. It's at the Crown Plaza Cincinnati Blue Ash in Blue Ash slash Cincinnati, Ohio. You can find out all the information at thepandorasociety.com, where you can also buy tickets. And they also have a, an event page on Facebook if you look up International Steampunk Symposium 2017. It's all there. 
Awesome. Um, as we're wrapping up the show today, um, once again, I want to thank Kylan and Dawn and Vicky for hanging out with us and taking this ride for 100 <laughs> episodes. It's been a hell of a ride. Yeah, we've covered <laughs> stuff from the, all over the gamut of Geek Society. And when we started this, like there was no way we thought we'd get to 100, let alone a year or two years. Right. <laughs> there was no way. Well, that's when we started this, being, we decided to go monthly. 100 episodes was many years down the road. Right. Yeah. Yeah, when it was monthly, and now, I mean, really, we're going to be at 150 this year, this time next year, so... (laughs) They come by really fast. Um, When you're going weekly, it comes real fast. Yeah. Uh, Superpowers just passed 50, because we've been going weekly. Right. Um, You guys know, Mighty Marvel Geeks, you're at, what, 150? Or somewhere in the 130s, No, we're like 160-something, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, when you go weekly, it goes a lot faster. Right. (laughs) So, um... And when we started this, we when we started this, we had never done a show. Any of us had never done a show, and now we've got what um, one? This one being one, two. You have what? Two other ones? Two other ones. ones. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven shows between the four of us. Yeah, that's a lot. No, one twenty something. I stand corrected. (laughs) Sorry, I just think I'm like. He doesn't want to tick Mike off. No, I was like, I said, wait, I just we just hit a hundred back in December. Yeah, it's like okay, there we go. I'm back now. So, um, Geeksters, I once again want to thank you guys for coming on this ride, and hopefully you stick around with us for another couple hundred at least. <laughs> um, and then, as you know from every show, you can always find us at geekwatch1.com on um, all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything. I'm sure if you look MySpace, Dawn may have us there. I don't know. I don't think one. I've done MySpace. I don't think I did that. <laughs> um, I know we have a Tumblr, I think. Yes. And we have a couple of other things. I, I copy over basically everything that posts on the website. I copy over to Tumblr because I know some people don't like doing websites, don't go into Twitter, whatever. So I throw it up on Tumblr, too. So um, all, everything on social media is GeekWatch1. GeekWatch1 at gmail.com. Send me... Send Miss Dawn an email. Tell her hello. That's all I have to say. Say hi, Miss Dawn, and that's it. <laughs> she, she, you would make I her will, day. I will reply. Okay, that's right. even to a hello. <laughs> Every email that comes in, she looks through. Um, so, uh, and then remember, we are proud members of the Weeby Geeks and Tangibound Networks. And other than that, um, Kylan and Miss Dawn, and for Vicky and for myself, just remember. No matter where you go, there you are. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. <laughs>